That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Hello and welcome to Content and Capable, a podcast all about following your passions while still feeling like a proper adult. My name's Sam and I'm your host. This week, I spoke to the people behind Global Grid Girls. We spoke about their work promoting Formula One and creating a more inclusive community. Welcome to Content and Capable. It's lovely to have you all on. Thank, Thank you. you for it. It's amazing to be here. Yeah, it is. I, I'm so excited. Um, did you guys want to quickly... Um, introduce yourselves and then introduce global grid girls which you guys are all a part of okay who wants to start (laughs) (laughs) you can um i'm janice i'm 24 i'm from austria um yeah (laughs) that's pretty much it but i have two kids and one of them is named samuel so it's pretty funny Ah, amazing (laughs) well i'm lila rose Lily for short. I'm from France. I'm 17 turning 18. And that's pretty much about it. And I'm going to America in three weeks for uni. So yeah. Well, uh, I'm Camilla. I'm from Norway and I'm 30. Awesome. I'm Sandy and I'm 24 and I'm from Germany. Amazing. Um, And could you guys explain a little bit what Global Grid Girls is? Yeah, sure. So basically, we all uh, found a group chat of girls liking F1. And we quickly um, like became sort of a friend group in this bigger group and decided to like, why not go for it? Talk about F1 weekly. So we formed the Global Great Girls. Um, yeah, we're basically like... Mm creating content on Instagram, all the new stuff uh, around F1, um, and doing the podcast weekly. Wow. And so how long ago did you guys start? And what was kind of like the tipping point of, yes, we're going to start a podcast? We started it last October, so it's nearly going to be a year Oh, and wow. yeah, we just wanted a safe place for women because I think it's kind of hard in motorsports to say I'm a woman and I like motorsports and not just for the look of the drivers because that's what comes up pretty much a lot. So we wanted to defend the idea that we could speak up and have our own opinion. So we just said, okay, let's do it and show that we have our own opinions and voices. And so what would that look like? So obviously, you know, as you said, you know, your own opinions and voices that are not just, you know, how do the men look and things like that. What does that look like in practice? I mean, we all have different favorite drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very funny because obviously, like, you're rooting for your favorite driver. So we always have kind of an exchange during the podcast, um, which is funny when you're, when the favorite drivers of, like, two girls are rivals. Um, yeah. But I think this year it's very chill because, for example, I'm a Max Verstappen fan. Sandy is Ferrari and Charles Leclerc. And we were together at the Austrian GP um, two weeks ago. <laughs> and it was a very respectful thing, I think. it's it, This year it's very different to what it was last year, I feel like. Yeah, and I suppose, <laughs> like, at least when you're, like, have a friend who, like, has a rival team as, like, their favourites... 
I suppose the way it's portrayed and the way we might see a lot of men portrayed is like very aggressive. Um, and so, as you said, that respect um, and that, that calmness, is that something that was intentional or kind of has just happened? I think it just happened. Yeah, I think so. We just, it just comes like this. It, yeah, it just mm. happens. I mean, obviously, I, we try to intentionally, like, not curse at each other or, like, <laughs> fight with each other. It's not something we would, like, try to do. But it just came naturally because we're all, like, in, we're all friends now. So we mm. all try to have, like, a respectful conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. we've always been on the same page, so it was pretty easy. True. <laughs> yeah, and I suppose, um, and what has been some of the reactions that you guys have seen of, you know, a group of women, you know, supporting other women who enjoy motorsport, which is very male-dominated? Very different. Like, of course, there are always a um, few people who are like, oh, yeah, as if you know anything about them. You probably started watching through, like, Drive to Survive. That's, like, the, a newer insult for mm. for new F1 fans. You, know, you started watching it through Netflix. and <laughs> um, But we also get a lot of support, especially from young women who try to get into the sport because you everyone is new to it at some point, you know what I mean? So when you start and immediately get, like gatekeepers telling you oh you know nothing you're just here because they look hot um that's not gonna help anyone so we try to actually give out the information um that young fans might need to actually see the bigger picture if that makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) camilla you mentioned that you came from drive to survive um What was the appeal of Drive to Survive? I, I haven't watched any of it for context. Um, I know it's, it's huge and I do appreciate, you know, that. But, like, I've, I've never seen it. What, what appealed, you know, you to F1 through that? Uh, to be honest, um, I didn't have anything to watch. And, uh, <laughs> and my cousin was like, oh, you have to watch Drive to Survive. And I was like, ah, nah, I'm not a car girl, so... Why should I watch it? And he was like, no, just do it. And I started in the first episode, season one, and I just, I was hooked. I didn't turn it off until it was finished. And and when I had seen everything, I was like, okay, now I want to see a race. So I joined him and some of his friends. We watched Silverstone last year. So I have now been watching for a whole year. Wow. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> And I also went with him to Silverstone this year. And um, yeah, I just, I got hooked. And all the girls that I met in this group chat, they helped me understand everything. And I had a safe place where I could ask questions without being like, oh, of course you don't know because you're a girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to learn some somewhere. And these girls helped me. And they also like, because I sometimes struggle with, understanding the big words so then i'm like okay you have to like dumb it down to me so i understand and they do so i'm thankful yeah i I, it's fascinating that um drive to survive has become 
you know, obviously it's been used as an insult, but like it has become such a phenomenon that has drawn so many more people to Formula One or so much more awareness of Formula One as a sport as well. Um, I I don't know. It, I find it really hard to articulate, but is that something that, you know, you guys could see really helping the support, the sport, or is it something that, you know, I'm not quite sure on yet? I think it has both sides to it, because there's a side where you see the inside and you see everything that's going outside of the races and the paddocks and stuff, so it's really great, so... It helps you a certain knowledge. I started watching it when I just got into F1. So it was really amazing understanding how it works, the strategy and everything. But on the other side, there's also a lot of drama that is overdone, if I may say. So they Mm -hmm. take some bits and pieces that they filmed, I feel like, and they put them all together. So sometimes some situations portrayed are not really truthful to what really happened. So it's like, I would say it's like a TV show. So you have great sides on both sides, but it's, it's it has good sides as well. Yeah, it's very fascinating. I, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm an Australian. So sport is a huge part, especially, um, what was I going to say? Especially, you know, ball sports, but as well as we have a big race um, in Australia, the Bathurst 1000, which is um, not Formula One, uh, supercars. Um, and it is just, like, it is a huge race. Everyone watches it in some way, shape or form. Um, and it is a key cornerstone to my culture, but, like, at the same time, I have to acknowledge that as an Australian, that there are other countries out there that sport isn't a key cornerstone of their culture and that. The other thing that I was really curious on, especially when I started following your content, was how do you guys, like, you've been up close and personal, at least when you guys were, what was I listening to? I think it was recently in Austria. You guys were really up close and personal (laughs) with the teams. How did you guys end up getting that that kind of access? <laughs> it was so cool. Um, we we all met up at my house before we went there, um, mm-hmm. and I have seen um, a sign at a Harry Styles concert that said "Rock Paper Scissors." If I win, uh, you have to play medicine or something like. Doesn't matter. But I saw the video and sent it into the group chat. It was like, girls, we have to do that. So. We bought um, pit lane tour tickets, um, which are on Thursday before anything um, of the car action actually happens. And we brought the sign and at first we like were standing there like, should we do it? Should we not do it? But then I think it was Sandy who said like, oh, come on, fuck it. Let's just do it. <laughs> and then we were standing there. <laughs> and almost every team did it with us. Like every mechanic kind of came and, and did rock, paper, scissors with us. And the younger brother of Charles Leclerc, mm-hmm. um, Arthur Leclerc, also did it with us, which was really fun. <laughs> it was amazing to watch from afar, like to watch the videos, knowing that you did that. It was really amazing to do this. And then all of a sudden, Kai Ilman, which is Kim Ilman, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's very famous photographer for the whole F1 thing. And I was standing there with the sign in front of... I think Aston Martin, and for some reason he just came so close to my face 
like half a meter and held the camera in my face and I turned bright red because at first I didn't even like acknowledge who he was and they're like, oh my god, I know that man. Yeah. I just I suppose you know, especially Europe being Europe based, there's a lot more races around you guys. Um, is it really? I don't know. Do you end up finding other like-minded people when you go to those races in person that aren't a part of that community? Personally, I haven't. I haven't gone to many races. I just went to Monaco and didn't have any tickets. But um, I'm going Saturday in France, so I'm gonna see. I'm gonna check. But yeah, I think there's a bit of everything at GPs, and yeah. obviously you're gonna find people who share the the same mindset as you. Mm. So that's amazing. There's really like older fans, very young fans, new fans, um, just a bit of everything, and that's what's beautiful about the sports. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And in terms of educating people about Formula One and sharing your passion, um, why why did you guys feel... I'm not calling you out or anything. I don't mean any harm by this question, but why did you guys feel like it was necessary to create a social media platform and a podcast to to share this what what did you see that was missing that you wanted to share i think the diversity of our group because we're um we started as 12 people um from really all over the world like 11 countries um three continents and stuff and very different range age ranges um very different life situations that we're in mm. so i feel like for us it was kind of like there should be something for everyone to like relate a little bit if that makes sense yeah and for me i didn't find um very informative um content creators before especially women i mean there are a few very great ones but not like in this group setting, if that makes sense. Maybe I'm yeah. missing something. Maybe I just didn't find them. But it just felt right to form a group. Yeah. And the logistics of getting, you know, 12, however many people are a part of your group, um, you know, organized. Has that been a bit of a challenge since, you know... <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. All oh my three God. of you look oh, at me and yeah. go, there are pain behind my eye. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, as we're from very different time zones, we have a girl from Mexico and another girl from Australia. So time zones-wise, it's very complicated. So it's we're, we found a great schedule. We found something that suits all of us. But, for example, if we want to meet in person to do big group meetings, um, it's very complicated. Um, but so at the very beginning, <laughs> it was very hard to, you know, especially when you create an account, when you create everything, um, it's really hard to bring everything and everyone together. Um, but I think nowadays we're doing pretty good. I think we found a good, a good rhythm and a good organization. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with creating that content, especially with so many different perspectives, how how do you guys manage all those different perspectives and try to showcase them all through your content? Everyone has, like, their own formats, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Camilla is, um, like, doing 
almost everything on TikTok right now. So she kind of has her platform there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Sandy is doing a lot, a lot, a lot of our um, Instagram. Um, she has all the track infos. She's drawing all that stuff. It's really amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, you should, like, if totally. you look at it, it's all, like, look at she those, drew everything her, like, herself. Someone professional must be producing this, you know. This <laughs> well, <is> she studied <laughs> it. She, yeah. yeah, she's studying it. Obviously. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's professionally made by her, and she really yeah. does a pretty good job. Um, I also have, like, two or three formats that I do on Instagram and sometimes on TikTok. So everyone kind of has their... Um, job. It's kind of a job. Part. Yeah, we all yeah, know, we all bit. know what we have to do in the group to participate exactly. and to make sure that everything works. Because otherwise, I think it would be a huge mess. It would be fucked up, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. And so, then, how would you guys balance? Uh, and I don't know whether you, you know really thought about this, but how would you balance, you know, creating content for the the group and the page and you know, creating, uh, you know, still having that friendship and having those discussions that sparked the desire to create this content? I I don't really know. I think, I don't know. I think we separate the business part and the friendship part. So we know that when we have to talk business, we're, we don't take it personal. We know that it's for the good of the account and for the good of the Global Grid Girls and the community. And, you know, most of the time it's really the friendship and the good, the good atmosphere. But when we need to get professional and really say, okay, these are the limits and this need to be done because at the end of the day, we're still a group that makes content. So we need rules and we need to, we know when to separate the friendship from the business. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's pretty amazing. I'm um, it's very hard. Uh, yeah. I find it very challenging because I want I want to please people, and I want to make people happy. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we and also so, have that problem sometimes too. Yeah. So we're just kind of like, well, I I would kind of like do it another way, but then you don't want to say it because mm. you know, but. I think we learned to like separate a little bit, but it was a challenge, especially in the first few months to not have being angry at someone for telling you that like, "Mm, that's maybe not the stuff we want to post, if that makes sense. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I get you on that one. Uh, It's very hard to tell someone that you, you, you will admire as a friend. That's probably not the greatest idea. Um, uh, so you guys have been to some races together and met up together. Did you ever feel nervous before meeting each other in person? Yep. Yes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely. I, I was extremely nervous to meet Janice in real life. I think it like it was a little bit weird at first when you're talking for months and months online, um, see each other's faces like once a week, but never actually meet each other in person. But I think we've like that went away pretty quickly. Like we went to the um, to the campsite one day after that in the morning, and from then on, it was like a normal yeah. friendship. <laughs> Something mm-hmm. I found really weird is seeing people below the torso and how their bodies look like <laughs> below the torso. I'm like, 
that's not how my brain it's like you know you listen to someone on the radio for so long and then they look completely different to how your brain oh, yeah. has like created an image of them mm-hmm. um it's like below your torso is is so much more different than i thought it was going to be um or you're shorter or taller than i thought you were um, uh, yeah which absolutely. Is, Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so hard. And especially I spent a day with Jamie in Monaco because we just happened to be there at the same time. And at first I was like, oh my God, just imagine if we don't have anything to talk about. I was so scared <laughs> because, you know, you see them, we see each other for about 45 minutes, let's say, every week on, on Zoom, but it's really not yeah. the same as having the physical contact, you know, and so I was shitting my pants. But then at the end of the day, I asked my parents to stay longer because... I just, we we kept having things to talk about, and that's what's amazing about meeting people. So you just mm. end up not caring anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's also that weird safety thing. I'm I'm 20, so I'm, I'm relatively young. And when I informed my parents that I was traveling halfway around the world to visit these people that I have spoken to extensively on the internet, mm-hmm. but, you know, have never met them in real life, they they had their concerns, but they don't tell me those concerns. What actually happens is my aunts and uncles end up hearing about it and get very worried, and they start making comments. You're like, oh, this is what my parents are thinking in the back of their heads. And it was like, oh, oh, so you guys are really worried about this stuff. I've never really thought about it because I already <laughs> know they're amazing people. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating meeting people that you've seen online for the first time. It's also something that, like, we haven't done a lot. Like, we've met a lot of people online, especially through the pandemic, and now we're starting to see all these people in person, and it is this fascinating, like, resetting of, oh, this is this person, and this is this person, and this is who they are physically as compared to online. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Have, have you guys had to, you know, have there been some, not expectations or boundaries, but, like, I don't know, ideas in your head, you've got to like, I've got to realign that a little bit now that I've met that person in person. You know, not necessarily a bad or a good thing, but like, oh, they're different. No. As a, I'm for, not sure. for me, not because when, like, when I met Sandy and Jamie, when they came to my house, it was like, oh, yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. Like, especially when we were at the campsite, um, then it was like basically, it felt like, um, uh, natural. setting that we're used to if that makes sense because we're like in the Formula 1 world um, mm. and the expectations were like I don't know it, yeah. it didn't like it was fine it was no yeah. weird I, I look and it, it's it's fascinating that you know there are some people who are like we know each other so well nothing changes you know um, I, that's that's so cool um and I suppose, so how have you guys gone about then continuing to grow your community beyond the friendship and the community that you guys met yourselves in? I, I, I just we're going with the flow and we're just, yeah. you know, day by day. And for example, with Sandy and with everyone from, from the team, we look at insights, we look, look at everything and Sandy has a degree in it. So she's she really knows her stuff so we love her help and so she we just have advice (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> we just received, we just have advice and we're going to start a blog soon. So, you know, we just try to keep on moving on and we keep track of the of the trends and stuff like this. So, yeah, we just, we're always thinking about what we could do that would improve the team on every mm. level. Yeah. What has been your experience creating a podcast? Um, at first, it was very messy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, like the first few episodes, we just mm-hmm. kind of had to find our vibe, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like at first, we had like a very detailed document, went through every race race weekend, like event by event, and basically just gave a summary of everything. Um, but especially when the season was over during winter break, which were like two, three months, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of had to find our own thing to talk about because there were not as many news, obviously, when it's not se- like on season. And there we really found our vibes and found what we want to talk about. And now we don't stress as much as we did before what are some of the things you guys talk about in like an off race week or during that winter break in winter break we had very many different stuff we did like quizzes Mm -hmm. um we did drunk quizzes (laughs) (laughs) the drunk drunk quiz what i think if i remember well it was the first episode after the new year I think. Yeah, I think so, too. So we started the new year drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, But kind of... Then we reacted to memes. We searched for memes and random content from Twitter because Twitter is a goldmine, goldmine, honestly. So we just check. And if there's no race, we're just going over the news and then we're just discussing uh, what we discovered Mm -hmm. on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose then, you know, an off race week is then talking about, I don't know, everything else that's happened between the races, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's more like um, kind of looking back to the race week before, if there like were penalties afterwards or a driver or team bosses like spoke up about something that happened during the last race. And also looking forward a little bit to the next mm-hmm. Grand Prix. Maybe give a little summary of what happened last year there. So everyone kind of has it back in their mind. Yeah. That's very fascinating. Because th- those races are sometimes, you know, weekend after weekend. And then sometimes they are, you know, super far apart. Yeah, I mean, we have triple headers. So three races back to back. Yeah. And... Then we have um, summer break. Two, in, yeah, summer break. We have two races this coming right now, this week and next week. Mm-hmm. And then for a month, there's no, there's just no race. Exactly. So yeah. we're just, yeah. <laughs> but that's like, for example, the perfect time to um, have guests. Mm-hmm. Um, we also did that in winter break. I think we had two or three guests in winter break. Mm-hmm. Um so you kind of get in contact with other yeah. content creators to talk about everything that happened so far. Yeah, and how has, you know, interacting with other content creators about Formula One been? Is it has it been something that 
not necessarily has it been good or bad, but what have you guys learned with contacting and interacting with other content creators? People are really nice. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I Surprisingly don't very welcoming. Really bad experience. Like, no. um, especially like the TikTok creator community. That's where we like had the most contact with. Um, it tries to be very welcoming towards everybody new, which is very, like, it's so nice. Mm -hmm. um, we had Josh, um, his name on TikTok is Barista Josh F1. Um, and we pressured him to come with us to Austria. So he was with us as the Austrian TP. Um, but he was um, <laughs> at the first podcast episode after the last season finale which was so fun to do with him. Also, Tony, F1 Tony from TikTok. She's just amazing. She knows everything. <laughs> um, and she's so nice. So, mm -hmm. so, so nice. So it was, for now, it was just amazing for us. Mm -hmm. That's that's so incredible to have such a positive experience with a, with a community, um, especially one as large and old as the formula one community you know there are so many people of all different ages who are just getting into it to have been vet veterans in the field for years um and I, I think it is so such a testament to the formula one's growth like recently <laughs> and its awareness of how welcoming Definitely. the community has been and i think teams are starting to follow the example mm -hmm. um because we see um, content creator more and more at the teams um, in the garage at events or something. And yeah. it's very nice to see that they are acknowledging like this sort of media outlet, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm no, saying that, that correctly. But yeah. <laughs> because social media has become such a huge platform um, for it doesn't matter what it is like basically for everything mm -hmm. um and they're now starting to really work with it which is very nice to see um yeah yeah mm -hmm. i i think it is it's one of those things where if you can convince a larger creator that it is worth their time or that they that they might be missing out by not engaging on a platform i think it is like an overall net positive you know, we're seeing this with brands on TikTok. Look at, you know, for example, Duolingo, where, you mm -hmm. know, the brand has become so much more personable and so much more attractive because they, the people who are looking after that brand on social media are so much more, I want to almost say wholesome in general because that, I feel like that's what it is. You know, just so much yeah. more wholesome. Um yeah, I just it, feel like you can also like relate to those accounts and people who really engage with followers and with just everyone on social media. I feel like it's more accessible and it makes you feel more welcomed into their world, if I may say. So that's mm -hmm. why it's also import important to engage on social media. And that, yeah. yeah, as we said, social media is becoming a real big part of our lives. So we need to adjust to that and that all the things to communication communication is key yeah a hundred percent personally how have you guys like have you guys changed in terms of you know the approach you have to formula one or like you, you know your relationship with formula one since 
you know, starting global grid girls? It's, I've been watching it for basically all my life with my dad or my uncles and stuff like that. Um, but I never really found girls or women um, who also like it. And it's just, it feels like, like we said before, it feels like you can ask questions. It feels like you're not being called hysterical when you're screaming because someone crashed or because someone won or lost if that makes sense so (laughs) just having the community and we're basically during the races we're always on our phones oh my god did you see what just happened Mm -hmm. and just to have someone to talk to about it all is very nice because i was always kind of alone with it um yeah And it's also the knowledge. I've learned so many things since I joined this group and the community because before I would just watch a race, you know, and not understanding, um, I wouldn't understand what this sign would mean or like what anything would mean really. And since I joined, I know that if I have any question, I can ask away and we would find answers or I can speak up and I can speak my mind and say my doubts and just basically say anything. And I'm gonna get an answer. It's not just answers that I ask myself or ask people, but they don't really know the answer. So now I really do have an answer. So I feel more confident in my knowledge and I know that I'm feeling more confident about the sport, if that makes sense. And looking towards the future, what do you want a Formula One to look like in the future? I would More love, women. Yes. I would love to see a female female driver and just more more women. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just in the garage. I mean, we have the W series and stuff, but yeah, there are some women in the paddocks and stuff, but we need some people, some women in the cars to really show that mm-hmm. it's accessible to really anyone. Yeah, but also just like becoming more inclusive towards everyone. Um, because especially I think we saw it in Austria, um, which was like, again, something happened where girls were harassed by fans, by other fans. And we were there, like the security was non-existent. Um, and that's just, I mean, it was never okay. Don't get me wrong. But we're now in a time, um, where young girls, women, um, try to really get into the sport and Formula One should definitely like, um, make it accessible for them, make it possible for them to feel safe and to come to races and not having to form a group chat or being there in groups or else, you know, don't know what happens if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. uh, I think the industry already got this point but the problem is the fan community the male fan community is sometimes extremely toxic i think with a lot of like large organizations i'm thinking of things like lord of the rings where that there is a lot of like men who are like gatekeeping that content and you know when women try to get involved and learn and educate themselves and then they, they feel confident maybe making critiques or comments or, you know, wanting to change it in a positive direction. And there's that pushback and that 
what basically is toxic masculinity about, you know, things. I think that that is incredibly damaging to communities which are always ever-changing and are so fluid as well, you know. You don't have a community that stays still, you know. An active community is always changing. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is, it's amazing to watch the work that you guys do to help that com- the community change in the right direction as well. Thank um, you. I also Thank feel you. like... It's so nice. <laughs> you know, if you... I feel like if you criticize a woman or just basically anyone that tries to join a community, no matter what, if they see that if you join a community, you can get such a negative answer, maybe you're going you're gonna to get more scared to join any community really not just the one that you were that you at first wanted to join so you're gonna get more scared or more insecure about the answer that people could give you basically anywhere for anything so it's really important to show not just in f1 but in everything that you can make it and you you don't need to listen to those gatekeepers that basically don't really know anything at the end of the day so really just do whatever you want and just don't care about anyone's opinion. Yeah. Have you guys experienced people trying to uh, not shut down your community, but, but like, you know, you bury your community going, you know, you guys aren't worthy of, you know, trying to gatekeep your community from being a part of the broader Formula One community? I mean, the number one thing is always like when you meet someone in person and tell them about a podcast about all the stuff we do and like i feel like the first thing always is oh yeah i bet you can't tell me who won the world championship in i don't know 1999 or something you know what i mean and then i don't know what that has to do with me uh joining a group but okay um so they always like trying to tell you embarrass us kind of yeah yeah. exactly Mm -hmm. embarrass us um and the next thing are the comments on social media, which is yeah. like, oh, you don't know what you talk about, baby girl, go back into the kitchen mm-hmm. or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you Ooh. leave that, Janice. Yeah. It was towards you. And you send that in yeah. the group chat. And we we lost our words, honestly. We didn't know what else to say because we've seen that on other people's posts. But, I mean, I personally didn't think that it could happen to us um, because mm-hmm. I was naive or whatever. And I just, when that happened, I said, okay, this is real and this is not okay at all. The positive thing that happened out of that, though, I have to say, um, I've shared the comment in the bigger group, like in the big group that we met and sent the link and about 40 people, I think, (laughs) about 40 girls came to my rescue and were like, oh, I mean, and that defending me in the comments kind of, so... That was something that was just really nice to someone that have someone that has my back, essentially. So yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's lovely to, you know, see when you have built up a community that supports each other, that, you know, when someone tries to shut you down, there are people there who've got your back and who are ready to, you know, defend you. Um, it is yeah, obviously, you know, those kind of comments are super disappointing and super like negative and and theoretically should never be thought or shared in general but like at the same time you know it goes to testament the power of positive change overwhelms these people who are trying to stick on to these ideals that you know this person shouldn't be allowed to be a part of this community etc etc 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we also had a couple comments on our first uh, Instagram post where it was like, oh, all the girls that uh, has this account, they don't know anything. They are just here because they watch Drive to Survive. And mm-hmm. it's it's not been many, but it has been a few. And like mentally, how do you guys then deal with those comments? Obviously, you know, they're completely invalid, but like obviously they still affect that's that's a perk of our group like we are a big group if i was alone a content creating alone and i had these comments all the time it would be like really devastating to me because it would just not feel nice obviously but now if something like that happens um basically we just take a screenshot send it into the group and everyone's Mm -hmm. like this (laughs) bitch doesn't know what he's talking about like let him talk you know yeah, 100%. and that just feels nice to. Um, that's the perk of our group. We we're never alone, basically. Um, yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. And what 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 do you want to see? Where do you want to see Global Grid Girls in the future? You know, where do you want to see that grow? We want to be in the paddock, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's think the ultimate goal. Go home. We we want to be in the paddock. Um, with the teams and I want to make interviews and I want to make interviews with drivers saying, okay, here's the global great girls with this person, this driver, and really to get as big as teams and have the little media pass, media pass and say, okay, I'm giving interviews now. And, yeah. Really being noticed. Also, and... I call dips on Gunder Steiner. If that ever happens, <laughs> I, I, okay. I want to be the first to talk to him. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm a journalist by trade, so or I'm finishing up my degree in six months' time. And when you have a press pass and you're allowed into like a press event or you're allowed close and personal with someone who is relatively famous, um, it is like this whole, wow, I've like really made it. Um, and it is kind of like fascinating to sit there and go, oh, wow, you know, that is, you know, I, I'm here and I've, I've made it and I've, I'm so close um, to, to everyone and I completely appreciate that desire because, you know, even even myself, not that I am the biggest sports person out there, um, you know, even if, if I could get into the paddock, I would be like, wow, this is so cool and so fascinating to be so close to, you know, they're basically professional athletes. And, yeah, you know, with, they're real and, athletes, yeah. athletes sweat. <laughs> Sweat baby. That's sweat that's, baby. Uh, yeah, kiki. As long that's, as you're not a robot, then you're yeah. an athlete. Yeah, right? no, yeah. that's yeah. that's whatever. But yeah, they are uh, they are athletes. I mean, they have the G forces that are on them during the races. It's like up to five or six G. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that's obviously just the regular driving. Um, yeah. The crashes that those guys survive with basically just walking away um last year silverstone we had one with 51g yeah that's that's that, crazy i mean that's a number that i remember because it just like burned itself into my head but there were like more like yeah. that um like that and that's something that shows how safety improved over the last years mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent I, I, I do hear, like, I'm on the very peripherals of Formula One, um, and I do hear comments of, like, safety has improved so much, uh, and, you know, there are a lot less serious injuries, which is fascinating, because yeah. you look at, 
you know, other contact sports, things like, you know, rugby or, or even things like soccer, where there are so many people who do get injured and are out for injuries. Um, yeah. And you but don't necessarily see that. No, mm-hmm. I mean, two weeks ago, I think it was two weeks ago, in Silverstone this year, um, a driver, Shogun Yu, um, had a crash. His car flipped around and slided with, like, 200 kilometers per hour. That's yeah. just a guess. I don't know the exact number. Slided across the track, into the gravel, over the bar- barricade, and mm-hmm. into the fence. And he was fine. Yeah. Completely fine. Mm-hmm. That's it- mind-blowing. Like, you know, where everyone complains every now and then, oh, my phone's not working. You know, we've sent a man to the moon, but my phone's not working. It's like, well, no, because, like, you then have a look at other amazing things, you know. Even the basic, like, you jump in your own car, and you're like, oh, the seatbelt, and, like, the the fact that it all seizes up when I move too fast, or, you know, the fact that there are, like, smoosh zones in cars so that, like, you know, if you are in a crash, that part collapses and absorbs the shock and things like that. And then you have a look at, you know, Formula One where the peak and the, the pinnacle and the forefront of, you know, that safety. And you have a look at, you know, the developments they've made in the last few years. And you go, oh, wow, this is like amazing, you know, safety mm-hmm. and development. Like even just the technology and being in awe of like the changes in technology is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest um, improvements was the halo, which is like, mm-hmm. um, it's something that goes across the front, um, yeah. like, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, kind of around and, the driver's head. Yeah, kind yeah. of around the driver's head, like, whatever. Um, when that was, like, discussed to come, there were a few uh, drivers, team bosses that said, oh my god, please don't. It looks horrible. I don't want it. Blah, blah, blah. But and even just, like, in the last two seasons, it saved five lives. But yeah. just, Two seasons, five mm-hmm. lives. Just Silverstone alone this year, it saved two lives on the same yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I it's was amazing. like, oh, Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's it's so fascinating, and there and it's like, I think one of the beauties of you know an an organization like Formula One is that there are so many different aspects you can like, kind of obsess over and nerd out about you know things from safety through to you know the production quality of you know the live streams and a whole bunch of other different different bits and pieces, and you have a look and you go, wow, you know. Uh, I, you know, this is something I really am passionate about. And it look how awesome it looks in Formula One, you know. At, and that's, I think, one of the testaments to the longevity of the sport. Um, it's, it's pretty fascinating. What do you guys want to see... Um, sorry. Um, what are your... What is your favourite part, other than the amazing community that you formed about Formula One. How fast and like just how how the battles in Formula One are developing and how fast they are. I mean you know they are fast, but then you're at the track and you see the car like You don't truly know until you're you've seen second, one on, on live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's something I really enjoyed. Just the, the driving and so something else the, for me. Battles. Something else for me would also be 
kind of like some morals. For example, not give up or don't listen to the critics or some drivers really like to speak up about how they're treated because sometimes fans just say horrible things about them or some other people. So they just say some little sentences that you can relate to and if you're struggling a little bit or just believe in your dreams because getting into F1 is extremely hard. Only 20 seats um, in the F1 cars. So really don't give up and even if it's hard just keep pushing and keep going and anything's possible if you work for it so a lot of motivational quotes if i may say so it's not just the community but it's also the lessons that you can learn uh i'm not sure what i should say because i grew up with it so i went to my first race when i was a little bit over one year old oh that's cool <laughs> It, it is probably cool, but I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though, like the experience of, you know, growing up with a sport and you would have been along for, you know, as we've said, all the changes and all the differences that have happened over the years, um, which is very fascinating. Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really do appreciate it. Uh, it's been so lovely to talk to you all. Um, where can people find you guys on the internet? Type in at Global Grid Girls. It's the same nom- name on every platform. So if you find one, you can find them all. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very active on Instagram. Um, so if you want the news, the memes, all the track updates and stuff like that, go on our Instagram um, we really have a lot of stuff there. And TikTok is basically just for fun. We we have a lot of funny um, F1 stuff up there, but yeah. Um, and has there been any media that you guys have been consuming, whether that's podcasts, games, you know, TVs, sh- uh, TVs TV shows, um, you know, anything that you guys want to plug? My life basically contains around Formula One and kids so i'm watching marsha and the bear for about the thousandth time um <laughs> that's it marsha and the bear um, is pretty entertaining though mm-hmm. like as, it's I'm, hypnotizing yeah. both of my kids you like if i would let them they would sit in front of marsha and the bear the whole day no other tv show they're not into it i've tried to find something that i like too because i've seen marsha and the bear for like yeah. the last three years no <laughs> just that nothing else I just watch Formula One and I watch like all the shitty, like desperate, no, no, uh, Real Housewives of this and Real Housewives, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, all those shows I'm watching. (laughs) I love that. Um. I personally love, for a movie, I love La La Land, but for TV shows, um, there's this, the series Community. And I really love it because... Oh, if, I love community. I love it. The humor, I just love the humor. I'm going to start um, uni, so I can't really relate to what they're doing in a TV show because obviously they're doing a lot of very weird and specific things. But if, yeah. you, if you're kind of into cinema and this kind of stuff, you can nearly, I think, every each episode has its own style and... I think it's inspired from some movies, from some TV shows of the past and the late decades. So yeah. you can you can recognize some things like this, and there are some hints. And I think that's really funny to each time recognize 
where the inspiration come from. It is hilarious. I love mm-hmm. that that series so much. I just put it on to comfort watch now just because, like, and then, you know, if I want to introduce someone, especially the paintball episodes, I'll, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those are chaotic. And it's not just one episode about paintballs. It's, it comes back. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah. My life is currently only F1 and my bachelor thesis, which I hand in in end of August. So <laughs> I would say my yeah. guilty pleasure is keeping up with the Kardashians. Wow, amazing. <laughs> um, I've been watching this show since I was a kid. It's it's crazy. I'm like, okay, I've been there since I was seven. I've been influenced by the Kardashians maybe in some ways, but it's very entertaining for some reason. Where watch that shit? I've never seen it anywhere. The drama. What? <laughs> no, I've never seen it. Like, I've seen the TikTok stuff. Like, I... I for some reason, it just keeps showing up. <laughs> yeah, all of that and, and the cucumber. Kylie's OCD and, and all of that shit. I saw that, I think, three times now. But I've never seen, like, a whole episode. Oh, you have to. I've watched it many times. Over and over. <laughs> no, I think I'm I'm, I'm sticking with uh, Sherlock Holmes and Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Um, Look, that's a that's amazing. my comfort show. Yeah. Um, what? Um, I I do have to plug. I've just finished watching it. Um, the Bob's Burgers movie. Bob's Burgers is a really great like adult TV show, um, okay. and it is it is just like a lot of fun. It's very wholesome. Like I wouldn't feel bad about putting it on in front of like children or something. Um, but it is like hilarious to watch as an adult, uh, and I think you get way more out of it as an adult because it is just so funny that it's so quippy as well. Um, and the characters are all just very slightly ridiculous, but you see a little of yourself in each one of them. It's amazing. Oh, what is the name? Check Tell me again. Bob's Burgers. So, um, Bob's Burgers. Uh, it's on Hulu or Disney Plus, depending on where you are. It's on Disney Plus in Australia, but in the US it's on Hulu, and it hurts my brain because I only Hulu is not and it's not in Australia, so. I haven't. I had to watch it at my friend's place um, on Hulu. Bob's Burgers. Okay. Yeah. Found it. <clears throat> oh, there's a movie also. Yes. So the movie just came out. It is so cool. I really, really, um, I really love it. Um, and like the art style is like very slightly changed, which is, I, I, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to film and television. So. Um, same. Same. Thank you- same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Um, and it's been so lovely to share uh, and hear about your passion for Formula One. Thank you so Thank much you for having us. Thank you very much for having us. It was an amazing discussion. Thank you so much. It was amazing. Definitely. Thank you for listening to Content and Capable. You can follow the podcast socials at content, the letter N, capable on Instagram and Twitter. You can send an email to contentandcapablepod at gmail.com. Please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify to help others know that you love this podcast. The art was done by Opia. You can follow them at opia underscore art underscore. Opia is spelled O-P-I-A. Feel free to message them about making art for your project. Our music was written, recorded, and edited by Isabel Strauss-Fritz. You can find Izzy at Kane underscore I. That's I is in the body part. On Instagram and Twitter. And on YouTube at Kane I with no spaces. 
feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. Content and Capable is proud to be a part of the Movie Night Crew Network, which features Of the Oldest Gods, a chapter-by-chapter Rick Riordan pod full of myths and legends. What would you do if there was a terrifying prophecy about you? Or you had to go on a perilous quest to save a friend. Or everything you loved was in danger and the world was about to end. Whoa, uh, slow down, Charlie. You know what to do when all that crazy stuff happens, right? Call Ghostbusters? No, (laughs) you listen to Of the Eldest Gods. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Sorry, Ray. Uh, Y'all can listen to our podcast about the Rick Riordan books. (laughs) We'll cover each chapter and talk about some of the fucked up mythological content Context. And we'll probably get cursed by Zeus. Let's know. hope that doesn't happen this season. Catch Oteg on all your podcast platforms. And eat some blue food while you listen. Wish us luck while we survive the apocalypse. Charlie. What? Content and Capable is a podcast all about answering the question, how do you adult? Don't forget to rate and review, and I will see you next Monday for another episode. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.